working harder doesn't equate to working smarter. So we can all get out here and work, work, grind, grind, and, and work hard for everything that we want. But that smarter piece is how I look at that passive side. So you can get out here and you can, like I tell people, you can get out here and you can grind, 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 grind. But at some point, you want to be smart about it and let those, those investments pay for everything you need versus you working so hard for, you know, the lifestyle that you want to create for yourself. Perfect. What's up, everybody? Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to transition from corporate America to owning your own business. And we're going to hear from the queen of real estate herself, Andrell Harris. What's going on? What's up, Jamel? It's been a little. It's been a little while. I've been trying to get you on this podcast. I know. But, uh, yes, we've been changing the dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> looking forward. Looking forward to it. You know what I mean. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah. So my name is Andrea Harris. I'm located here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Certified financial educator. I'm an author, um, coach. So I coach, you know, women. I got a, a spot for those. Um, and also um, in real estate. So I do wholesale, buying holes, um, tapped into mobile home side of things, and now transitioning into the unlicensed group home portion of everything to maximize the, maximize the dollars under one roof. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So how did you get started in real estate? Um, wow. So 2006, I actually went to real estate school to become a real estate agent. So during that period of time, I didn't know anything about investing into real estate. All I knew was I had to go to real estate school to get into real estate. I knew real estate can make some money, but I was trying to figure it out. So I actually um, went to a local college here in Greensboro, 2006, and um, got in there. And the investor, um, the instructor, he came in and he was like, well, if you're trying to be an investor, you don't need your license. And so once he told me that, I was just pretty much like, done because i was like i really don't want to be an agent i know i want to be in real estate so i i stopped going at that particular time um to school and then up until well from there up until around 2010 i had to try to figure out that journey of how to be an investor because my thing was okay um you gotta have some money to kind of invest in real estate so i need to figure this out right then i didn't have the money i didn't know anything about getting you know deals below market value or anything like that so um, YouTube and things like that wasn't prevalent at the time. So I'm just like stuck out here in limbo trying to figure things out. Um, 2010, went to a local RIA and that was my first time hearing about whole, um, wholesaling back then. And so I tried to hook up a deal at the local RIA, it didn't work. So I put it on a back burner, um, tapped into personal finances and then revisited real estate later on. So I've been knowing about the concept of wholesaling, I just didn't ever. Right, is that your primary? focus right now wholesaling um not really um i now i could say that the wholesaling is the foundation but the the hose is more where i'm at i'm, I'm more of a passive income type mm -hmm. person so i want my properties and i coach to this i want my my passive income to pay for my lifestyle so wholesaling is really like a high paying job and that's how i look at it it's still transactional and it's still linear so for me i would say i will always do wholesaling because i can source my own deals, that way it gives me that flexibility to do what I need to do. 
So wholesaling, you know, I, I got the same mindset when it comes to wholesaling within itself, right? I believe wholesaling is a great way to start, but it definitely is a high paying job. Um, and it doesn't create that true financial freedom. Wholesaling, don't get me wrong, is fantastic. It'll give you the money that you need, but you really need that passive income. Absolutely. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Like, what's what's the what are the benefits of passive income? Uh, for me, it keeps you out of that linear cycle of having to work just to pay a bill. So for me, I do believe that um, financial freedom freedom is everything. So that that passive income can help you towards that financial freedom, where you can get up, you can work when you choose to. If you don't want to work, you still have money coming in. Yeah. Um, so it's just about that freedom and that flexibility to me with that passive play. So what type of mindset shift does it take for somebody to um, shift from the active income phase of their investing career into the passive income phase? I know what it was for me, uh, just to give you an example. You know, um, when I realized that I'm selling all the assets in order, and I gotta keep generating the income. If I, the moment I stop working, I'm done. Right. Right. So, what type of mindset shift does it take for somebody to to uh, make that transition into passive income? Into passive. Um, for me, it's just I, well, one, working harder doesn't equate to working smarter. So we can all get out here and work, work, grind, grind, and, and work hard for everything that we want. But that smarter piece is how I look at that passive side. So you can get out here and you can, like I tell people, you can get out here and you can grind, 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 grind. But at some point, you want to be smart about it and let those, those investments pay for everything you need versus you working so hard for, you know, the lifestyle that you want to create for yourself. So I always um, use this as an example, too. I have um, coached some people to where they're so used to quick money and fast money and everything on the Internet is glorified. Like I hustle and I grind and, and all of this. But... What if something happens to you when you're not in a position to work, right? So then we understand like what happened with the pandemic. The pandemic shut people down. Some of us creative, we know what to do or how to move about it. But if, if, if your work stops, if you can't get money, then what else is there? So I would say that mindset, you just have to understand to prepare yourself for what it is that may happen. Because if, if something happens and you can't work and you can't get paid, then that's a problem. So that should be enough to kind of be like, okay, I need to kind of put something in place now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you in regards to obstacles, right? What, what are some of the biggest obstacles people are going to face making that transition into passive income? Giving up the, the, big, the big checks, right, for the smaller checks with equity that's there. So case in point. I had one property that I could have wholesale and made $27,500 like the week before last, mm -hmm. and I turned it down, right? So those would be some of the, the options. I ain't gonna say it's an option, but it could be for someone that's like, oh, I would have took the $27,500, right? I had to turn down that large check so that way I can get the back end place. So it's gonna be like it's delaying gratification almost. Mm -hmm. That's one of the obstacles that you're gonna have to face. So I, I turned that down, $27,500. I'm holding it. I purchased it at $37,500, right? So what I'm looking at with that one, like I said, I'm interested in doing the unlicensed group home, getting $600 per bed in the property, mm -hmm. right? On it free and clear. So, and then it's worth about $112,000. I got it at 37, so I have the equity play that's there. And then the passive income that's gonna come in, but it's, it's delaying that gratification of getting that quick check. 
So I would so definitely say that. Let's talk about the group home play. So how does that actually work? Um, the unlicensed group home, basically, it's, it's a way that you can maximize the money under one roof, right? And actually, pre-COVID, I was already doing Now, Some people call, it's different aspects to it. So you have house hacking, where you can rent out rooms. Now, I was doing that pre-COVID. A lot of people didn't know that. So I was renting out my spare bedrooms to corporate women that were trying to transition into buying houses, mm. home ownership. So I was renting out my spare rooms to corporate women and allowing them to pay lower than what they would rent typically for. And they're also saving. So that was a form of house hacking. So now, um, after COVID, I, well, I've always been interested in doing assisted living, residential, mm. uh, personal reasons. Like with my family, when they get older, I don't want them to be in any type of um, nursing homes and things like that. I want to turn into a family business and have something that you know, we can have them at and will care, care for, right? So I didn't know how to really tap into it because all the courses I today was like, oh, you gotta get your license, you gotta do this, da, 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 da. And so I recently came across unlicensed group home where you can still run these same type facilities without getting a license. Cause you know, like with real estate, we were told you have to get a license yeah. at some point and we figured out otherwise. So that's kind of the approach I'm taking with this. You don't have to have your license for it. Uh, you outsource everything and that's why you don't have to be licensed. Only thing you're doing is providing room and board gotcha. housing and so in this area we can command about $650 per bed so I'm looking at about two beds per room and you know you can do the math on that so you're going to command more than what you would get on a traditional rental doing the other way yeah, I'm going to have to holler at you about that <laughs> so, so listen let's talk about that let's provide our listeners with let's say a three to five step process to getting started with unlicensed group homes okay so um, now of course the way that I did it was wholesale right I came across my own deals so that allowed me to get my property free and clear now I can be in a position to where I'm actually getting that money right now for those people that are not quite there where they're saying well I can't go and buy a house right now you can actually tap into it by contacting a, a real estate investor or landlord that have these properties for rent so the training that I took they actually coach you to that way first they, they want you to go like you know you can contact some landlords they give you scripts and things like that so if you're not in a position to buy you can contact the landlord um, and say hey don't mention the word group homes because it's like it's negative right but um you know i'm, I'm helping provide affordable solution of, or affordable spaces for individuals and you know all, oftentimes you can make out a deal with that landlord say hey i'm gonna I'm sign a two-year contract right now you don't have to worry about maintenance i will handle you know small things and you know things like that where you can get in the door and the good thing about that is if you're coming into it you don't have to worry about doing the rehabs you know right off you yeah. can just come in set up the place similar to like an airbnb style you put your furniture and things like that in there and then it's a go so basically all you want to focus on is buying at a discount mm -hmm. obviously you're going to put some work into it maybe refi cash out right, right? the difference is the way you're setting it up on the exit you're not putting a long-term tenant in you're making Correct. it a group home and charging by the bed right charge by the bed yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, we, gotta, we, we definitely have to talk about that. So, how do you know what you can require per bed based off of your local market? Then, and that's, what, that's where your research is going to come in at. So, typically, what you want to do is look and see what the regular rent is going for mm -hmm. in that area. Gotcha. And it kind of be somewhere like, okay, a little bit less than that. And not only that, you have certain demographics that you may want to target. So, for instance, you can do like for veterans. There's displaced veterans, you can contact them. Um, we have a, a system now where we market to um, nonprofits in the area, um, homeless shelters, or anything like that, where people may be getting as well SSI checks, 
because that's guaranteed income, but they need a place to stay, right? So you're getting the SSI payment guaranteed every month. But you can do it however you want to. If you want to do the veterans, if you want to do, um, you know, ex, ex offenders into the program, um, I think that was two of them that one of my partners was looking at. But, you know, whatever you decide that you want to do, aged out of group homes. But me, I think my, my thing is, like I said, I, I love helping the corporate women create wealth. So my focus, too, is helping them get in a position to where they can lead from their transition to home ownership, also educating them on the financial literacy part so they're ready to get out there. Yeah. Um, and then as well, I want to do um, SSI recipients because that's guaranteed income. Gotcha. So, so the SSI recipients are more like, it's kind of like going to Section 8, right? Exactly, because you know it's guaranteed. You can set up a third party, you know, authorizer where you're listed as a payee, mm -hmm. and that check, I mean, you know, you get paid every month from them. Got you, got you. So the beautiful part about it is you can literally create that passive income on autopilot. You know the money is coming in yes. every single month, right? But you can rent by the bed. Rent by the bed, and then you have um, you put your house manager in place. So you may give them like a discount on the bed or you might want to give them their own room, but they're the eyes for the facility. So if something happens, you understand? So um, if they're out there and they're looking at somebody is cutting up their call or something breaks, they're calling. So they're the eyes that's there. So, so you're not necessarily, let's, let's say for example, are you doing this with single family properties or multi-units or what? Single family, sorry. Yeah. Okay, got you. Are there government programs out there that'll help you get, get started with stuff like this? Thing. Um, I have um, one of my students that was in my course, so she's tapped in with the government contractors out of things, but they're giving you money to get these decisions. They have to they have to deploy this money to house people. So there are different programs you can tap into where the government will help you get these set up as well. Got you, got you. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, so we, we got a step-by-step -step process on how to start doing this. It's not it doesn't sound like it's Complicated sounds like Not people will try to overcomplicate it just because yeah. based off of the name, right? Right, and and, and that's why I got hung up at, at first because when I first heard about, um, like I said, I wanted to do the residential assisted living, but then I heard group home. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, house kids. That's mm -hmm. in my mind. I'm thinking group home is children. Um, and then it was like, no, you can call it whatever you want to. Don't get caught up on the name. Some people say boarding house and what it's all negative, but if you want to call it something creative and fancy like Andrea's Palace or something like that. That's what it is. And so you don't have to have a license in any state to do that. Um, so you're protected by the federal housing and you know, just having people in and you're giving them a place to stay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, it, you know, when people get released from prison, you got halfway houses. Right. This is kind of the same, you along the same. same thing. Gotcha, you, gotcha. Yep. Call us whatever you want. Kids go to, you know, uh, not for security, what do you call it? The, uh, the group homes? The, yeah, like the group homes. Right. Yeah, and then the only thing is when you're dealing with a certain age, you do have to have a license for that, gotcha. right? But otherwise, if you're dealing with adults and homeless shelters and um, recovering addicts, things like that, you don't have to have a license. Gotcha. So what type of, uh, I guess, what type of startup capital do you need to to start something like something this? Like well, like I said, if you're a wholesaler, because you can tap into it, it's just a, another creative way that you can create passive plays. Um, of course, social own deals that way. But you're looking at, um, now if you don't have that, if you're doing the rental option, then you, of course you're going to have to pay first month, last month's rent, right, whatever the case may be. But then you're just, it's really just the furnishing piece of it. Gotcha. So, you know, basic beds. And it doesn't have to be all fancy out. 
right? You want to make it clean, safe, and affordable. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. So, really, the startup cost can be minimal. minimal. A lot of people would put that on a, on a credit card yep. over the day, right? That's it. Would you prefer to purchase these properties, or would you do would you do like a lease and then sublease the beds out? Would you do something like that? Have you ever thought about that in a creative way? Mm, I haven't, but you can. Like you know, creative is is always good. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I just you prefer to own. I definitely yeah. <laughs> for me, is that for me? But you know, like it just depends on where you are individually. Somebody would like um. And I, I, I compare it to the Airbnb side, but you know, like someone may not have a property to Airbnb, so they want like to these corporate, um, mm -hmm. to these arbitrage, right? Yeah, yeah, um, apartments, condos, and things like that. And the same thing, but you're just using the landlord, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You go into the property and you maximize it for bid. So right, right. So at the end of the day, it's not difficult. Oh. It will maximize your cash flow from the property, just like Airbnb. It will allow you to help other people mm -hmm. along the way, and you can really create a successful business. Right? Yeah. So let's see. We're looking at about thirty six hundred a month in comparison to mm -hmm. you know what you would get for a regular rental. So for no in this market, probably eight, about eight hundred to a thousand bucks a month. So you're talking about three and a half times more money. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. So. <laughs> that's nuts. What's the average um, profit? What's the average profit if you're holding a property that they're looking to make typically after all expenses? I'm looking to make two fifty per door. Per, per, per two fifty. Yeah. yeah. And so this is a way that you can kind of get in where you're like, okay, six hundred per bed. Mm. You have three rooms. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure about this place. Six. That's six. <laughs> six beds in a house. Six hundred. You know. Yeah. The numbers are there. Great information. So. Obviously, there's a lot to cover with this. Um, I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, where, where should they go to reach out to you? How, how um, you social media, you can find me under Andrea Harris. So, um, Instagram, Andrea.Harris is A N D R E L. And um, I'm on all platforms, really. I'm on Twitter. We have YouTube. <laughs> um, I got to get more active with YouTube, with Facebook, and then I have a Creating More Society. That's just for women. Mm -hmm. So that's on Facebook. That's my Facebook group. Cool. I'm going to be sure to link all of Andrea's information in the description box. I want you guys to definitely check her out. She's a beast. Uh, we're actually, um, we had a live event this past weekend, and uh, she crushed her presentation. Um, I know you guys are going to have questions in regards to uh, what she's doing with this uh, group home play. Uh, definitely reach out to her. And if you want to see her back to Maybe we'll even do a Q&A or something like that. Maybe we'll do a lot, right? Whatever the case may be, leave your questions in the comment section below uh, so that you know we, we can know that you guys are interested in hearing more about that. But listen, you know, what I always like to ask the guests on this podcast, uh, one of my favorite questions is, are you, what are you currently reading? Like, what, what helps you right now, if you're reading anything? Ah, uh, let's see. Well, let me see what the last one was because I've been busy. But um, I started reading um, Traction. Yeah. So that, that's one of my books because um, I'm actually working on scaling it. I'm just being in corporate America. 
working on the scale because like I said before, working harder doesn't mean you're working smarter, right? So I can get out here and I can do a lot of things, but on a scale piece now it's time to put people in place. So start reading um, traction, just to learn more about the systems, processes, and things like that. So, um, and then what was the one that I did? I, I read a lot of um, spiritual books as well. I like the alchemist, um, things like that. So, yeah. I, I don't say that. It was one other one that I'm forgetting, but um, what would the Rockefellers do? What would the Rockefellers do? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave all three of those in the description box for you guys as well. Be sure to check those out. Successful people read a lot of the same, uh, a lot of similar books. Um, I know you guys have heard some of these books on this podcast before. Um, That's because, again, when you're successful, a lot of entrepreneurs we think alike. Right? So you want to do what successful people do in order to get successful results at the end of the day. Right? Um, so if you had to provide our listeners with any last words based off of where they are right now and where they could potentially end up in the real estate business, what would those last words be? Hmm. I would say educate. Um, educate. Action and manifest it. Like I'm like I'm real big on setting intentions on what it is that I really want. So I think that first step is education. And as soon as you get that education, you have to get out here and apply now. I mean apply what you learn. You can't sit on it. So if you're watching this podcast and you've been through so many, you just watch and watch and watch it's not doing any good. So take that information, apply it, right? And I would say before you even do that, just envision the life that you want to have. Envision what what you're put here on earth to do and then work towards that. So have that vision, work towards manifesting, get education, and apply action. One more question for you. How do you balance corporate America with your real estate business? And how do you how how, how did you become successful doing it? Um, I mean, and it is about it is listen, it's not it's not easy. Um, but what I tell my students is this, you really have to maximize your time and you have to be stingy. A lot of people's not going to get that. So when you get off of corporate America, it's go time. So I tell a lot of people, sometimes my day actually starts at 5 PM, right? So from five to whatever time, nine o'clock, I'm sitting here doing everything I need to do to try to make sure that my business is producing the income that I need. And to be honest, I do that. Like I make more part-time in real estate than I do full-time. Right? So a lot of people are like, why are you ain't quit your job? And it's on it, it's not fear. I don't care about the insurance. <laughs> you know, so a lot of people are like, oh, I need a job for benefits. No, it's not that. My passive place is what I'm looking to have at a certain number. And then well next year, I'm gonna say y'all, next year is my last year in Corporate America. But my passive place is what I want to hit well beyond what I'm doing corporate America wise. Because I know I can be out here grinding hustle for it and make more. That's proven now. Um, so it's really about the, the passive number that I'm trying to get. Um, but other than that, maximize your time. You know, sometimes you got to cut social media off. Like I was good for one on social media breaks, just the laser and focusing on everything. Saturdays is go time. Sundays is go time. Um, you're going to have to turn out a lot of things. So I, I have friends I can't even talk to. I'm like, listen, I can't talk to you right now. So you're going to have to be real selfish with your time until you can, you know, get to a point to where you're able to get off the plantation. But I also say this, um, I don't believe everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. I do believe everyone should be able to have options. So that meaning that you should have some options on outside of corporate America. If you love your job, fine, continue that job, but make sure you put in place out there on the side as well 
So that way you can have, if something should happen, you have something to fall back on. Or if you want to leave a legacy for your children, think about those as well. But for the ones that know, that you know that you know, that you don't need to be on this job, then you're going to have to do what you need to do to make sure that when you get off that job, you're secure. So maximize your time. That's going to be my, my, big, my biggest thing. Good stuff. Let me tell y'all, Andrell is an absolute beast. Um, we ran a clubhouse room for several months together. She's on the clubhouse right after work. Corporate America going to look at In the field. real estate. And that's the way you got to be, right? You got to balance your time the right way. You got to be willing to put in that work. Do something that other people are not willing to do. Step outside of your comfort zone in order for you to be able to go from where you are right now to where you truly want to be in your business and in your life. You gotta be willing to go above and beyond what anybody else is willing to do and be willing to fail forward. So, yeah. you know, that wholesaling play is great. Passive income is where you get real wealth. And this is what I'm trying to feed you guys on this channel. Andrew, man, it's been a real pleasure you. having you. Looking forward to having you again. Absolutely. In the near future. And listen, like this video, Subscribe to this channel, click the notification bell, share this video with your friends, especially people looking to build real wealth and real estate. This is the video for them. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Perfect. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.